And we had started a meal. We were enjoying ourselves. And I'm not quite, quite remember what we were talking about. And uh, the uh, six-year-old uh, girl sitting at the end of the table suddenly says, um, I, I, I don't like David, uh, we don't like David Cameron to rule over this country because we don't like David Cameron to ruin our lives. Woo! Well, that <laughs> so the parents, all of us really, we, we were absolutely amazed at this, uh, this sta statement coming out of uh, this uh, young, young mouth. <laughs> And the parents, you, you should have seen their faces. It was quite a, quite a picture, and it was a, quite an interesting reaction. And they really assured us that it has nothing to do with them. <laughs> and, um, of course, we know that politicians uh, have, we, or we have different reactions to, to politicians, that uh, uh, we, we can have a very strong positive uh, reaction feeling about them, we can have a very strong negative uh, about them, sometimes some of them, sometimes all of them. We just blanket the whole thing, don't we? And, and we have this, this ne negative uh, uh, reaction, negative feeling about them. And, uh, and of course, possibly the majority of people are just in the middle. They are indifferent. Um, and, and Christians sometimes can provoke uh, different reactions in people, can't they? And, um, and we know all over the world that some, some of the reactions can be very strongly negative towards Christians. So my question this morning is, how do you feel about Christians? Don't answer me. Just <laughs> and, uh, and more importantly, how, how does God want us to feel about Christians? So the, the, the purpose of the message this morning is to help us to um, feel uh, God's way about other Christians, right? It's to help us to feel God's way about other Christians. And, uh, and for that, I would like, uh, as, a, as a point of reference, uh, use a verse in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 11, where it says, Dear friends... Since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. The translators have been uh, very good in this, uh, in this verse, in this section, where they have put uh, commas, and uh, for, for preachers it's quite good, because it, it gives you three sections you can speak about. The divisions are, are made for you, and... Um, and I would like to use those three divisions and speak to, to you about three things, starting with uh, three R's. Ooh. Resolve, uh, reasons, and because we talked about a little bit about politics, I thought I would use the word reshuffle. And also, I will uh, keep a mystery R for the end. Ooh. And I'm going to use those sections in reverse. I, normally, the resolve should be at the end. We all, also ought to love one another. That's the resolve. So but I want to use that first, and then go to, on to the reasons, and then to the reshuffle. So first of all, we also ought to love, ought to love one another. Um, 
So the, this is the, the resolve that the, the writer John here wants us to, to take on. Um, just so we, we ought to, we know that this is not a choice we have about it as Christians. This is not an option. Yes, it's something strong, isn't it? That, um, that we, we need to accept that we might uh, have some difficulties about it, but that's what uh, uh, we are told to, to do. And just in case you, I don't know how strong O2 is, but if you go to verse 7 earlier on in that passage, in that chapter, you will find that it actually uh, states it as a command. It says, let us love one another. All right? So it is uh, a must. It is a, a command. Uh, to love, a lot of things have been said about, uh, about love, and especially the word that is used in the New Testament, agape. And uh, when you read some of the definitions that are given, you might get a little bit scared about it. Because very often, uh, one of the definitions that is given is sacrificial giving of ourselves for the benefits of others. That's, that's quite, quite a high standard, isn't it? And I think it is too high to start with. We need to start a bit lower and then maybe build up, or not maybe, but surely build up to, to this uh, sacrificial uh, giving of ourselves. So the definition I would like to, to give you is uh, more on, on the base, basic level. And to love is basically to uh, react positively to somebody else, is to uh, have a good attitude towards them is to uh, be of goodwill towards them, to wish them well, or in, in, in short, is to feel good about other people. When you love somebody, at least you feel good about them. Right? So that's what we, we need to do, to at least feel a, a good towards other people, and it says one another, so we know that it's not just one way, it's not just about me loving, loving you or you loving me, it's, it's a mutual, yes, it's uh, uh, and not, uh, not conditional, it doesn't give any conditions, it says that we have to love one another. I need to put the mic here. <laughs> um, at this point, I think uh, we might feel like uh, the disciples at the, uh, the feeding of the 5,000, where Jesus tells the uh, disciples to feed this big crowd that is around him. He's been preaching for several days, teaching for several days, and uh, uh, they, uh, uh, Jesus felt sorry for them, so he wanted to do something for them. And uh, <coughs> he tells the uh, disciples that they should give them something to eat. And they were in a desert place and no shops around, no uh, Waitrose or Tesco or anything like this. And so they felt very inadequate in front of this, this big thing. They looked around to see how much food they had and they could uh, collect five loaves and two fish. Dry fish. It doesn't say so, but I think the fish were dry. So five loaves, two fish... I'm sure it doesn't take much imagination to realize that uh, it's very inadequate. 
that there's not going to be a lot <laughs> if you want to, to give a little bit to everybody. 5,000 people, that's worth 5,000 men without counting the, uh, the ladies and the children. It is reckoned there were possibly at least 20,000 people. Five loaves, two fish. Or if it was in England, it would be five portions of chips and two portions of uh, fish. So they, they obviously felt completely inadequate in this situation and they felt they couldn't, they couldn't do what uh, Jesus had told them to do. And when we, when we think about love and when we think about loving other people and when we think about loving one another, we might feel like this. We might feel very inadequate and we, we might feel that we haven't got enough uh, to go around. But I think the reason uh, we feel like this is because we, we uh, re- take it the wrong way around. I think we need to think uh, collectively first as a basis. And then uh, as, we, as we do this, then you will find that uh, it is easier then to go on to love the, the different individual in the group. So think collectively, right? And you love the whole lot the whole group first, and then from this basis, from this platform, then you go on to love individual people. Uh, Paul uh, uh, commands some, in in some of his letters, he commands the the Christians, and he commands their love for all the saints. Yes? Love for all the saints. So, the whole group. We are told that Jesus... Uh, in Ephesians, we are told that uh, Jesus or Christ loved the church. That is, again, a collective noun. Uh, if I had time, I could have looked on the internet and given you different names of collective nouns of different things. So, uh, a group of Christians is called the church. Uh, of course, it applies to here in Lewis, it applies to this uh, group of people, it applies to all the churches, all the group, uh, the, the different congregations in Lewis, applies to all the Christians in, in, uh, in England, in Britain, all over the world, and all through history. Yeah? And we are told that Christ loved the church. And then Peter, in his uh, first letter, he uh, instructs the Christians he is writing to, uh, asking them to love the brotherhood of all believers. Yeah, so we are talking collective, collect, a collective thing that we need to, to start with. That God wants us, um, like if you think on, in political terms, uh, if, if you are of a particular party, anything to do with that party, you love it. Anybody who is a candidate for that party, he'll, he'll get your vote, right? Or if you support a sports team, a football team, you don't just support one player in a team. You take on board the whole thing, don't you? And you, you, the, the whole team, the whole club will get your support, right? So that's the kind of thing we, we need to do with... Uh, um, with the church, with, with one another, it's not just an, an individual thing. It is not just, it is, but it is not just. And where we need to start is to start with a collective love 
for, for the whole group. So, a love, it is about love of Christians for all Christians just because they are Christians. Shall I say that again? Love is about the love of Christians for all Christians just because they are Christians. So you don't need to know anything else about them, but just because they are Christian, God wants us to love one another. Woo, that's good, isn't it? Maybe. <laughs> so this is very important. If it was only mentioned in this verse, I think we could... Uh, uh, take it as very important if God has uh, had uh, decided to inspire somebody to write this particular thing in, in the Bible, in one of the letters, it would be, I think, quite important. But if you read the, the whole letter of John, you will find that John comes back to this theme of loving one another six times. Wow. I think he wanted to say something about love. Uh, it doesn't always say the same thing. Uh, he, he repeats a little bit what he says, but every time he comes back to it, he adds a little bit more and, and, and builds on, on, on the aspect of love like this um, through, through, his, uh, through his letter. Um, and then if you look at the rest of the New Testament, you will find that love is mentioned in all the books of the New Testament apart from the book of Acts. And then if you read the book of Acts, you will find it's not difficult. It's, love is not mentioned, but it's not difficult to see that love is the underlying force behind all that is described in this book. So it's mentioned over 200 times. Love is mentioned over 200 times. What does it tell you? Yes, very, very, very important to God. Right? Very important to God. It is, and if it is very important to God, I think it needs to be very important to us. And we need to at least resolve to uh, make every effort to, to do whatever it takes to, uh, to, love, to love Christians just because they are Christians. And starting from that basis. Okay, then the sec second section, uh, we, we see in that uh, verse in uh, John 4.11 is the middle one where it says, Since God so loved us, since God so loved us, the, that little word so, I think, indicates that uh, uh, John has spoken about this just, just before, and he has given us some reasons why we uh, ought to love one another, right? So we need to look at those, uh, those verses. So if you want to read from uh, verse 7. Are you there? So it says, dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. 
This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Right? There are a few reasons there why we ought to love one another. Verse 7, verse 8, it says uh, we ought to love one another because love uh, is from God. And love is from God because God can't help it. Because God is love. The nature and the character right through and through is love. It's like a, a stick of rocks. You go to Brighton, you cut it in half, you cut it wherever you want. In, in the length, in the middle, it says, not love, Brighton. <laughs> it would be the same with God. Wherever you cut God, it says love. Whatever God does, whatever God plans, whatever God achieves is because of love. And uh, if we are the children of God, then his influence in our life, if we are going to receive anything from God, it's bound to, to be love, isn't it? Um, this ability to love all Christians, at least to, leave, to, to love all Christians just because they are, they are Christians. In, in verse 7, he, it, uh, at first reading, you might find that, uh, you, you might think that, God, that John has got it the wrong way around here, because he says everyone, uh, everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. If it was me, I would have put it the other way around. Everyone who is born of God and knows God, loves. But here it says, everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Of course, we know that anybody can love a Christian or some Christians because of their character, because of their good deeds, because of their nature, one reason or another. It is possible for anybody to love a Christian or some Christians but only Christians can love all Christians because they are Christians that's what John is saying here everyone who loves is born of God and knows God so for him to be able to, to love to have this ability to love all Christians because they are Christians comes from God and because you are, we, are born, we are born of God and we know God and then in verse 9 and verse 10 uh, John goes on to something else and he uh, talks about God demonstrating his love for the world and he talks about God sending his only is one and only son. And we know as uh, uh, Rich very often says, this is a, a fact. It is a, a, a historical fact. That when he doesn't mention any name here as to who that son is, but we know 
if you don't need to read very far in the New Testament to know that uh, the, the one only Son of God is Jesus. And uh, it says here that God sent Jesus in, in this world, his one and only Son. So that tells us uh, something about Jesus, that his birth wasn't uh, a normal birth. To be sent, you need to exist, don't you? Have you watched The uh, Secret Millionaire on TV? No? I recommend it. Not The, secret, the, not the Millionaire uh, Matchmaker. There's possibly other programs, <laughs> but it's The Secret Millionaire. Um, and it's, uh, uh, they have arranged for a, a person who is very rich, to, uh, to leave his, uh, his family for a week or two and to leave his job and go into a, a poor, poor community and, and lives on just job uh, seconds allowance, lives in a in very basic flat, um, sometimes very basic, and he, he then goes around the community and tries to find uh, people or organization who do things, uh, who, uh, uh, do things for other people. So it could be an organization, it could be individuals. And he spends a week, I guess, going from uh, different places, uh, volunteering for these places. And, and then at the end, he, he gets his uh, checkbook out. And according to how worthy he feels these uh, people or these organizations are, he signs a check for them. Wow. And if you, don't, if you are not moved when you uh, see this bit... If there's not a little tag on your heart, I, I despair for you. Because I, I'm not prone to great emotions, but even when I, when I watch this, wow, there's something, something quite powerful about it. And, and obviously you can imagine the reaction of people who are very often struggling financially. They struggle to uh, make ends meet, and suddenly they find themselves with uh, 15, 20, 25,000 pounds. And for them it makes... A massive, massive difference, and very often the millionaire then carries on uh, being involved with uh, those uh, those people, those charities. So it's absolutely amazing. So this millionaire, he just doesn't just appear. He existed before. He had a previous uh, kind of life, <laughs> and uh, and he's just be brought in that situation. And in the same way with Jesus, Jesus existed before he was born. We, we, we were not, we, when we didn't exist before we were born, we started when we were conceived. But Jesus, and it's, obviously it's a great mystery, isn't it, that the Son of God, God himself, can come as a baby. But that's what it, that's what it says. And that's what, uh, so Jesus existed before he came and, and he chose to, to come. And uh, it says that uh, he, he came so that we might have new life, or that we might have life through him. So as Christians, it's good sometimes to be reminded, isn't it? So Jesus has come to give us, give us life. If you are not a Christian, then you need to know that I don't know what kind of existence you have, what kind of life, and maybe you are a little bit uh, uh, disillusioned, you are uh, disappointed, you are fed up, you wish you had something else. 
Where can I recommend to you that uh, Jesus has come that we might have life through him? And that uh, you need to accept God's term. This is what God has decided and that's what we need to accept. We might have some objections to it and we might uh, uh, feel this, might feel that. But this is, this is what God has done. This is what God has decided. And if you really want a new life, if you want a new start, then you need to go, you need to start with Jesus. Yeah, the only, the one and only son, son of God who has been sent in this world. This world. Yes, with a physical body. Some people at the time, I read some commentaries, there were false teachers, they were t trying to convince people that Jesus really didn't have a physical body. It was the appearance, but wasn't really. So when, when they, because they believed that anything physical was evil. So they couldn't accept that Jesus had come with a physical body. But uh, John insists upon it on this letter, and it is insisted upon uh, throughout the New Testament that Jesus had a real body like ours. Right? Uh, he came in this world. Okay. And then, uh, as we uh, read... In these verses, as we uh, sang this morning, what motivated uh, God to send his son into this world was, was love, unconditional love. It says not because we first uh, loved God, but God first loved us. No condition, we don't have to do this, we don't have to do that to be loved, like very often we have in, this, uh, with, uh, in our relationship with people. No, unconditional love. God loved us because we are his uh, uh, creation and uh, because of that he, uh, he demonstrated his love towards us by uh, sending Jesus so that we also might have a solution to our, to our sins. He talks about atoning sacrifice. Of course, sacrifice for us, it's uh, not... Uh, uh, something that we can relate very, very easily in terms of, let's say, animal sacrifices, but you have lots of religions in, in the world where for them it's, it's uh, totally uh, normal and on a regular basis they will offer sacrifices trying to, to please their gods, trying to appease their gods. Uh, but here it's uh, slightly different, again it's reversed, we are not told that we need to offer sacrifices to God to appease God, but we are told that God sent his only son so that he might be our sacrifice. That it is God in his love who provides the sacrifice for us. That's amazing, isn't it? Again, if you are fed up with, uh, with uh, the way you live, the, uh, all the things that you do, and uh, you wish again you would, uh, you, it, it could be different, you are maybe under, under guilt. Uh, you don't know what to do with all these bad things that are going on, going on in your lives. Again, can I recommend to you Jesus? Because of God's love, he has been sent into this world so that he might be our sacrifice and might bring solution to, to our sins. This is the good news of Jesus, that he might be the solution for our sins as well as giving us new life. Okay. 
And then we go to the, to the third section in our, in our verse, which is, uh, dear friends, and you might think, wow, how on earth did you make it, or did you see that this talks about a reshuffle? <laughs> well, um, In, in the English version here, uh, you know, a lot of the, most of the English version, it's, it talks about the dear friends, but uh, in, in the original language, it's a lot stronger than this. Yeah, this is a bit, a bit mild. In the, in the original language, it, it could be translated as dear loved ones or dear beloveds. And it's, it's a much stronger uh, emphasis about it. And, uh, and John, because of his love he had for Christians, he, he felt he could call them uh, like this, because that's how he felt about them. He, he dearly loved these Christians who, who were around him. And, but of course we know that it is not just about John, but uh, that God dearly loves us. We are dearly beloved of God, Romans chapter 1 verse 7 says. So there's been a, a kind of a, a shift here. Where before we were, we were loved, but now we, have, we are Christians. It is John who is a Christian writing to other Christians. He says they are dearly loved of God. Do you know that you are dearly loved of God? That now you are a VIP in the kingdom of God. Um, I've uh, used uh, several uh, references to show uh, how important we, we are to God. I'll just give you the, the references and you can look, uh, look at them at, at home. Um, Ephesians chapter, four, uh, chapter 1 verse 4 and Ephesians 3 uh, verse 10 and 11 where it talks about the purpose of, uh, of God for the church. L- look at it, the purpose of God for the church. Wow. It's absolutely amazing. Um, in, we also give the, uh, the passage in Matthew chapter 25 where it talks about uh, the kingdom of God is like a, a, a shepherd uh, sorting out his, his animals and he put the sheep on one side and the goats on the other. Yes, you've read this, uh, this parable before and the conclusion is, is, is this. It says, whatever you have done to the least of my brothers and sisters, Jesus says, or the king says, whatever you have done to the least of my brothers and sisters, you have done it to me or for me. So Jesus really associates himself with uh, brothers and sisters, with Christians. And whatever you do to a Christian, negative or positive, you do it to Jesus. Jesus takes it very personally. This is how important you are to him. All right? So, folks, let's be careful how we deal with other Christians. Because Jesus takes it very, very personally. And we will have to give an account for it. And then the, the third uh, scriptures I, I was going to leave you with is Luke um, chapter 7 and verse 28. And it's a good job you are sitting down because you, you would be uh, uh, knocked back when you read this, this verse. It says, Jesus says, that among those born of women, 
There is no one greater than John the Baptist. And we will all agree with this, don't we? If you have read the Gospels, you know that John the Baptist was very important to God, very important to the purposes of God, and, and he was, he was quite, quite somebody, wasn't he? Yes, we would agree that among those born of women, maybe John the Baptist is right, right up. And then Jesus says that the least in the kingdom of God is greater than John. Wow. We know that Christians are in the kingdom of God, aren't they? Aren't you? So even if you feel the least, sometimes we do, don't we? We don't feel great about ourselves, and we feel that maybe we are just at the bottom of a pile. We feel very, very insignificant. But Jesus says that the least in the kingdom of God is more important than John the Baptist. There's been a reshuffle in the kingdom of God. There's been a reshuffle in your life. You are now very, very important to God. And that gives us, I think that helps us really to, to, love, to love one another. So it applies, to, it applies to me, it applies to, uh, to you, and it applies to all of you, this, that even if you feel like the least. Okay, so these are the three sections we can uh, see in, uh, in, this, in this verse that helps us to, uh, to feel uh, about other Christians God's way and, and to, uh, to, to be loving God's way. And, um, and of course we know that this is, um, I've talked about the basic, this is the platform we need to, to work from. From there then, of course, we, we need to go on to, to the position maybe where we will have this sacrificial giving of ourselves for the benefit of others, and we need to work out this in, on an individual basis. And, and our love will, will get uh, uh, stronger and stronger and greater and greater in our lives. We don't have to, to go to the, uh, to the top position straight away, but it's something that, that we grow into. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12. <clears throat> tells us that we are to increase and abound in love for one another. So the mystery are, have you guessed it? Repentance. And I would like to finish with this, that uh, if we haven't been in that position where we have loved all Christians because, just because they are, they are Christians, then we need to change our minds, we need to, to repent, we need to accept what God says, that uh, these people are important and they need to become important to us. And, and possibly if we have uh, uh, maybe loved Christians once upon a time because they were Christians, but because of things that have happened, and some Christians can be quite bad towards other Christians, can't they? Or we sometimes have been bad quite bad towards other Christians. So if this has happened, then we need to make sure that we, we do something about it. We don't just brush it on the carpet and think uh, it's going to go away. It's not going to go away. God wants us to do something. It is too important, right? So if, if, if we have failed, then we need to recognize it. We need to repent and we need to put it right and we need to move on from there. God will forgive us and, uh, and, and then we can, we can have a fresh, fresh start. Yeah, so if you have had problems with Christians, don't just leave it. 
sorted out. You are too important. They are too important to God. We need, uh, we need to do something. So, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Bless you. Thank you.